This, this, this is, 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 Disciples. So here we are, palatial surroundings, of course, in Leeds, the main man himself. Welcome to the Fight Disciples boxing show. Is there a more exciting world champion in the UK right now than the man sitting next to me? Very kind uh, words, mate. Very, very kind words. Josh Warrington, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's uh, your world has changed, my friend. Yeah, or was, was this usual? Did you grow up with Silver Service <laughs> tea and all that? I grew up in a council estate in, uh, in, in Leeds, mate. N- certainly not like this. Um, not like this whatsoever. I think over the last few years, um, obviously becoming well recognised in Leeds and stuff like that. And, you know, you start, as you go up the ladder, become bigger and bigger profile. So, you know, a lot of people start to, to really take notice and that's what's happened. So, uh, don't get me wrong, it's, it's, a, it's a nice change. It's lovely, um, yeah. Where are we today? We're down at Ulton Hall okay. in uh, Rothwell in Leeds. Um, are these one of your sponsors? Or? He's one of my sponsors, yeah. Uh, they've been sponsoring me for a few years now. Um, provide me for rooms for the fight for all my team anyone who needs to stay over they've got a fantastic spa here so you know the, the pool they've got a pool and all the massage services and everything else so yeah and, and anytime we have any meetings with sponsors or like TV stuff normally we come down here and they always provide rooms and, and food and everything else so fantastic sponsor and they've backed me for a good like 3-4 years now it's a decent looking golf course out it's there as well nice. I mean do you, you play know, golf? No, you know what? I've got I've got all the gear and no idea. Yeah, uh, one of them. Yeah, Tony Bell used one of them. Yeah, one of them. yeah. yeah. The I, I want to get into it because everyone I know plays it, and there's a lot of deals done on golf courses. I saw here, and uh, I enjoy going to the range. But then I think I need a bit more practice. And normally, what happens? It comes to summertime. I get myself to the range with lads, and that we we start swatting balls, and then start going a lap of Gilmore, and and that's it. But I think I need to go on a course and. You know, yeah, like yeah, a, get a few lessons. Yeah, get a few looks like they'll be a pro here. Yeah. It looks yeah. decent here, yeah, so they'll yeah, probably be yeah. a pro here to can yeah. get a few lessons off. No, I um, I often get invited down, like I say, and I get invited to golf days all the time, and I want to go, but same time, I don't want to make a knob of myself. <laughs> don't ever <laughs> talk. Is that, is that hate, Josh Warrington, yeah, world champion? Yeah. Oh. Smashing in bunker, <laughs> still there until night. <laughs> <laughs> I hate losing. And like, if I'm playing anything, I'd, I hate losing. So, Ed had gone and probably sink clubs into in, into trees or something. But, um, <laughs> yeah, mate, it's, it's, a, it's something that I would like to get into. And, like I say, I get invited all the time. But, uh, yeah, they've got a decent course here. But it's a lovely spot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you'll know yourself. Right? Just driving up the drive. Beautiful. You're on a busy road, and then all of a sudden you come up, and all of a sudden you're a million miles away. It's surrounded by greenery and trees and stuff like that. So yeah, perfect spot. But for anyone who grew up in your on your council estate, that's thinking he's changed now. <laughs> um, you haven't changed because the, one of the first things you said to me was, "I'm gutted because I'm not going to watch Leeds play Salford today. Yes, uh, tonight, obviously in the first round of the cup. Um, you're not going to bother. You're not going. You're going to watch it from home. No, top man. Appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Um, no, well into camp and uh, and you know it's. I don't I, listen. I'd love to be there. I'd love to be there on yeah. uh, on terraces with rest of lads. You know, meet up beforehand. But you can only, you can only after it. You can only after it when you're in camp. Um, you know, you, you can't like have a beer and you can't have a burger. Or Even at like this that. early stage, because there's a few yeah, weeks to go. Yeah, there is a fair few weeks to go. But I'm a world champion. Yeah, it don't look good, does it? You know, pissing about and I mean. I can't do it. As soon as I hear a sniff of a fight, I've always been the same. It don't matter if it's 15 weeks out, 12 weeks out, 10 weeks out. It don't matter what stage it is. As soon as I know I've got a fight, heads on it. I have to live like a monk, you know, eat clean and uh, 
and knock everything else on the head. Um, so I'm not a massive drinker anyway, but you know, like on, when you go to something like that with the lads, it, you, you, it's hard not to, to get involved, but I've always done it, you know what I mean? Um, I've always like gone along to you know, football. I can, I can go on a night out with, you know, with just on waters, but um, something like this, like a big game tonight. It'd, yeah, because it'd be, that'll be, that'll be mental it. at all yeah, for it tonight. Be, it would be. And uh, what was I was just going to say then, um, yeah, just, just heads on the fight. Just that's on, that's on the fight, and uh, I'll just get myself at home and, and watch it on the on the sofa. Yeah, yeah. Were you a bit gutted this season? Leeds didn't get the promotion. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, that's another thing. I went. I went to Derby away, and uh, sponsored by Thirty Two Red, and they also sponsored Derby. And I said to I said to one of the um, fellows who, who does the organisation and whatnot, I said, "Could you just sort us a couple of tickets out?" Because obviously the go absolutely mental he said yeah yeah we'll put you in a nice hospitality box fancy seats and you know get some food beforehand I went no enough that I want to be I want to be in the stands absolutely I want to be in the stands and I got myself in stands and I went kind of incognito and um, had a scarf wrapped around my face and I had an hat on as well so you could only see <laughs> like I went in Berker so you, couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't see my eyes and um, proper Leeds hooligan yeah, you look yeah, like well, it was only because I wanted to just keep under wraps really um, just because I'd like it would have been busy and half the time everyone just, I don't mind taking the pictures but sometimes I just want to watch the match of course and uh, we saw some bear, bearing downers on the on where the, the, the way fans were half time I took scarf off from me out because I'm absolutely sweating and that's it a few folk could recognise the next minute they all stands chanting my name and that and then we were on a row with about four of my pals and the next minute there were 20 or 30 other lads who'd squeezed on at side of us and then we scored and people are throwing me up and it was like five weeks before the Galad fight and I'm getting chucked all over and <laughs> like oh, lads are like Rocky now watch his hands watch his hands and obviously they don't score so like be careful watch him don't be picking him up then you've got like geezers coming over swinging on that fucking Josh we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and it's like they don't they don't mean no harm. It's just getting in, into the thick of it, and that's yeah. like something you don't want to be doing. Like tonight at Salford, you got it know. more than Galahad, yeah, it you then? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Best be the soul, mate. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, good, good. At least didn't go up, mate. Good, absolutely devastated. They didn't go up. Um, you know, I thought that after me winning world title, it'd have been perfect for them to follow on the, the same season. Um, no, it's been a long time since we've been at the Premier League. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and yeah, we're flying. I mean, it, I beat Carframpton and. Christmas and Leeds were top, and it were all written, yeah, all meant to be, but uh, yeah, it fell at the final hurdle. Yeah, there was a lot of talk. Obviously, I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan, season ticket holder, but even at Anfield, there was talk that had Leeds got promoted, yeah, James Milner had spoke to the club and, and yeah. gone back to Leeds yeah. just to try and yeah. keep Leeds in the Premier yeah. League. Yeah. You know, there was all that talk going yeah. on outside of Leeds as well, yeah, it was, mate. And uh, you know, everyone gets excited. I mean, we're a one club city, and you could see the excitement. Um, Know, bubbling geezers walking about in in shirts, which hadn't happened for a for a long time. Yeah, you know, um, just a just a buzz. It'd be, it, football in this country dominates quite a lot of things. I of mean, course, you look over in Manchester with the two giants there, Manchester United and Manchester City. You see what it's done to the structure of the, the city itself. Yeah, you know, the the, the economy absolutely booms from from both them football clubs and. And, it, and and the people around, and it brings people from all over the world to visit Manchester. Um, and you know, obviously Leeds back in the day when I was a young lad, somewhat similar. Mm -hmm. um, they've been missing that. And when you see young lads walking around in 
like Manchester City shirts or Liverpool shirts. Yeah, Le- lads from Leeds as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, 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 the buzz had got back. Young lads were walking around in Leeds shirts and stuff, and it were. It just gives that United feel to City. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, a City United together, all, all wearing the you know, same shirts, and they're proud to be from Leeds. And uh, yeah, we just fell again. But painful, mate. Painful. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, listen, you, you're doing something similar. You've united the whole city. You, you proudly go out there as the Leeds warrior. You know, you, you proudly wear the Leeds shirt for every fight, and you, even the fans, the scarves, and everything. When you beat Frampton in Manchester, I, I got hit on the back of the head with a Leeds scarf <laughs> and ended up wearing the Leeds scarf while you were doing your, your celebratory chat yeah. afterwards. So. You say that the city starved the Premier League, but they're also a city on the verge of something special, a journey with you. Yes. They're totally bought in, totally yeah. bought in, and, and no doubt they're, they're looking to South Leeds Arena again. But hand on heart, this is not the fight we as boxing fans or the city of Leeds wanted. No. We wanted to go overseas. 100%. And I'm sure you, you feel exactly the same way. Have you, have you managed to put that behind you yet? Or are you still kind of frustrated that you can't get one of the other world champions to bite? No, I've kind of put it behind me now. Um... Don't get me wrong, when I first found out, I did have, I had a fair old talk. You know, my, my miss was like, what's up with you? You know, I can see you're hurt, but you just can't let it get you down like this. You know, you just got to pick yourself up. And my dad says, listen, you're a, you're a professional boxer. If it hasn't happened now, it will happen. Just get your head up and you've, you've got to defend your title. This is just, you can't be fucking having this mindset. Because I was just, I was just slagging off it anyone and everybody for, for not wanting to fight me and you know and the fight not happening just I thought after the last fight with Galad I'd done what I needed to do yeah um, you know world t- win world title take off the champion first defence is Carl Frampton second defence is my mandatory you know a lot of people said you should avoid that one it could be a messy fight and we still went ahead with it and after beating them like three names they were all in the top five not just in the UK, but around the world. And uh, the rest of them are over in the States. And, and I thought that's what we'd, you know, made herself available to do that. And yeah. to go on and fight one of one of the champions. And all throughout my career, I feel like I've been climbing the ladder. I feel like climbing the ladder right from, you know, domestic level, English title, Commonwealth title, British title. And there's always been somewhere else above, right? You get through that stage. There's something else above. Yeah. Um, got to the world title level, you defend it against the best, and then you want to keep on pushing. And I'm not one of them fighters who wants to have a string of steady defences and then cash in at the end and have a big one and see how you go on. I believe I beat any of the other world champions now. And when my back's against the wall, that's when so much just comes out of me. It just makes me train that little bit harder. On fight night, I'm a little bit more focused. Yeah. Um, especially when the critics are against me. I thrive off it. I thrive off the doubters. I thrive off the years, and it's uh, it's like a it's like an energy. Don't get me wrong; the support is fantastic, and that helps on the night. But um, leading up to that, it's when my back's against the wall, uh, it brings something out of me. And uh, like I said, I, I think I'd beat any of the world, other world champions. Um, but I'm just I just want that I just want that chance. Yeah. I just want that one chance to to fight a Leo Santa Cruz, a Gary Russell. I would have loved to fight with Oscar Valdez. Obviously, he's moved up now, so we'll see if uh, you know whoever wins that belt if we can sort that next year. But just to win another title, to be called a unified champion, it's somewhat beyond my dreams. Yeah. And uh, and after that, I just carry on defending the title until the cows come home. After that, all the lads will call me out, and and rightly so, they're gonna do because they want to be in your position. Yeah. I'd happily defend it against them. Yeah. And just 
keep on going, keep on going. But um, but yeah, I had a I had a fair old talk, and you know, I'm, I'm not gonna turn around and lie to people and say that this is the the hardest fight of my career because on paper potentially it's not. But with that being said, it's still a world level fight. He's still someone who ranked in the top 10 of the IBF. He's still someone in the opposite corner. So I can't overlook that. For me to carry on the journey and to keep the dream alive of unifying the division, I've got to be beating people like this. Yeah. You've still got to prepare like it is Leo Santa Cruz, like it is Gary Russell Jr., like it is Oscar Valdez, because in some ways, beating this, the French lad, is even more important than fights against them. Because if you don't beat them, they're gone forever. I, I was saying this, I was only saying this the other day, this is a really a real acid test because you're fighting a name like Lee Selby, the summit there, obviously the world title, the scalp. Yep. You're fighting a name like Carl Frampton. He's got Carl's reputation and, and what he's been and done and achieved. Um, you're fighting someone like Kid Gallad. You've got the Derby. They've got the bad mouth and everything else. The fighters like this, when there's no animosity, there's no bad blood, there's, there's not really too much rivalry. It's just a case of he's in the rankings and it's business. Yep. And you're, you're already a champion. And on paper, you're meant to beat him. Mm-hmm. That is where it's a really test of how much of a champion you are. Because can you still stay focused? Can you still stay hungry enough in training to bring a performance and, and, and beat him convincingly? Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm fighting a, an Oscar Valdez where there's a summer after beating him like that, you're the unified champion. This one, it's just about keeping up to the belt and uh, getting another notch on the on the defence, I guess. And he's a tough kid as well. He's a tough southpaw. He's never been stopped, you know. Yeah. I think one of us defeats, he's only lost to two different fighters, lost to the same fighter twice. The first guy he lost to was the guy who fought Tevin Farmer recently for the World Super Featherweight title, um, fought John Joe Carroll. Um, You know, so he, as you say, he's going to come over here with zero pressure on his shoulders whatsoever. He's not getting any younger, so he'll realise that this is a massive opportunity. Um, And yeah. He's only failed at the, the highest level, but he's not coming in at short notice. No. You know, as you see some of the world champions we have over here and they take fights that their opponent only gets four or five weeks notice. This fella's got full camp. Yeah. So he's got enough time to prepare, enough time to make the weight. And uh, like I say, I can't, can't take me out of football. No, definitely not. Let's pause it there while we have something to eat. We'll come back in a minute. No problem. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Here we go. Let's go back again. Suitably replenished there, the lads. There um, stop. Let's Recharge. talk a bit of news then, Josh. Obviously, the, the big news from last weekend, uh, well, middle of last week, actually, was Carl Frampton getting hit by a fake Roman column in a hotel in Philadelphia, which ruined his fight and potentially ruined a, a fight for the vacant WBO belt. Yeah. When you first read that headline, were you just thinking, what the fuck is that all about? Yeah, I, I thought, I've got to be honest with you, at first I thought it might have been a cover-up story. So I think, how the fuck has something like that happened? Um, it seemed like something off of Tom and Jerry. Yeah. It's how it's just something's collapsed and fallen, and you know, I'm sure people would have been around him. No one noticed it falling, and it just you know, perfectly landed on his hand. On his hand, on yeah, the table. Yeah, the yeah. chances of that happening. The chances of that happening, very, very small. I'm certainly not calling him a liar, but it just seemed a bit suspicious. That's what my initial thought was. Of course. But uh, obviously, I've seen the videos and whatnot. I mean, I thought they maybe put that story out to. And it has damaged it, inspiring or punching or whatever. And then the, that has a cover up story. But then when you've seen the, when you, I think himself or someone in the team put a video up, then yeah, it, made, it made sense. But 
Aside from that, go to for lad. Yeah. Go to for lad because, you know, I think he would doing a podcast himself and talking about how much money and time. I think he said 30 grand, didn't he? Yeah, 30 but grand. So, not even just that. You know yourself with with a young family. It's his time over in Manchester, away from his missus, away it's from his kids. Time away. And, and last time he boxed one against me, you know, that was back in December. What, we into August now. Mm. And uh, this career, don't, it, it don't last forever as a featherweight. And he's not getting any younger. And this, these fights, you need to get him back. He wouldn't need that fight to come back. And then maybe look for something massive towards the end of the year. Now, he'll have to f- probably fast forward and go into a massive fight in order to catch up with himself. Because, say, the, the time don't wait for anybody. Yeah. And um, at, the, at the high level, you know, years can make a massive difference. Um, inactivity is no good for nobody. I myself had um, 11 months out when I went from matchroom to Frank. Yeah. And, it, and it's not good, especially at the, at the top level. I went, like, I boxed Patrick Island in 2016 summer. And then I came back with fight Kiko Martinez. And everything was just a split second off. Yeah, you can do it in gym, but under lights with eight ounce gloves on. Yeah. It's a different story. So, gutted for Carl, proper gutted for him. And ultimately, I'd, I would like to have seen him go on, gone on and uh, win another world title because then A, it looks, may look be- makes my win look better. Absolutely. And, and B, I'd love to have a rematch with him, but I'd like him to come into a rematch with a belt around his wrist. Obviously, <clears throat> The opportunity for him probably would have been a, a showdown with Shakur Stevenson, who's, mandat- who's been mandated for the WBO. Yeah. But the WBO has been going to be vacated because Valdez is moving up. Mm-hmm. Um, massive disappointment from a fan's perspective because you versus Oscar Valdez is a fight of the year contender. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just talking about it, you know, you know it's going to be a fantastic fight. Obviously, with Valdez um, recently going with Eddie Reynoso, the, the fellow who trains uh, Canelo, he's just tried to bring a little bit of boxing in, work on his defence, but you can see it with his even with his last fight, there were times when he was wanting to bite. Yeah. And he wants to, to bite. And I don't think the, the fighter that we were fighting drawn him in enough. But I think I'd be able to draw him into a fight. And once once that happens, then it's hard to switch off again. And I think me and him going at it Todd so would be an absolute barnstormer. Yeah. And uh, I'm good myself. I'm good myself because I looked at that one as I said it to it's a legacy fight, isn't it? It is, mate. It is, and I said it to my pals. I've said it to anyone who listened. I said I'd like to fight Los Santa Cruz because he's best in the division. And after that, I've a ding dong with, with with Oscar Valdez and lose some brain cells because uh, <laughs> I do think it'd be it'd be a very very hard fight, but one of them in, enjoyable ones. You know, when you were a kid and you used to watch likes of uh, Barrera Morales going at it and airs on back and next stand up, that would be me living yeah, it right Gatti there. Ward type yeah, moments. yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Santa Cruz himself is also making noises about moving up <coughs> too. What is it about? Is it is it you? Is it like the Josh Warrington effect? Okay, Josh is a corner of an outlet. I don't, I don't mean, I'm not going to start getting bigoted and say, yeah, they're all shitting myself because of me, but... <laughs> but they I'm, are, they but are know, like, <laughs> I've only had six knockouts. Can't even punch, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know, mate. I don't know. It's just maybe the timing. Um, Santa Cruz has been at Feather for a fair few years now. Um and he's not getting any good himself. I'm surprised with Valles, like I say, because he seems to be... I mean, he's only... I think he's a few years younger than me. Yeah. And he's... Or maybe we just around about the same age. And he's peaky, and he's, he's talked about wanting to have defining fights in this division. I said on social media, and I'm not one to start calling out on social media. I only give it to managers. That's what you pay him to do, to the, do the job. But his manager put out saying that he wants to fight Josh Warren and all Carl Frampton. I'm like, I'm here. Yeah, let's go. You know, like, let's, let's, let's do go. It. Let's do 
talk about it in interviews. Get the papers done. Get it signed. Let's let's make it happen. Um, but yeah, wanted to move up. Um, and, and Gary Russell Jr. Um, what once was potentially a brutal force and once a really avoid, I don't see the dangers no more. No. He books up uh, Joseph Diaz Jr. And he, he looked sharp for the first couple of rounds. But then after that, Joseph Diaz like started to take over and he gassed bad. And when you're fighting only once a year, that's why it won't do you no favors, and that is why. Yeah, but there's talks of him moving up, there's talks of him fighting Javante Davis. So it's, I mean, the featherweight division is constantly changing, and yeah, a lot of the, the fighters, um, at, at one to six are big lads and they maybe take a lot out of themselves, but. I'm just gutted that it's happening at this time. Yeah. You know, I would like to, to hang around in just another year yeah, so like I can have a go. Come on. Yeah, exactly. It. It's not like you won't travel. You no, won't no, travel. no, 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 exactly. I'm, I'm more than more than happy to go to their backyards. I can't make it any clearer. As I'm, I had a meeting um, with Frank down at the, the Dubois-Gorman fight and uh, I was just, you know, he gave me news that, like, it's very unlikely that anyone one of them are going to take it. And I'm always on my hands and knees begging. Yeah. I said, Frank, I'll happily go to their backyard. It doesn't bother me all like that. You know, I just want the fights. Just desperate for them. Yeah. As a world champion, you should, that's how it should be. If I could have it on my own way, obviously, what IBF, you've got to have your mandatory every nine months. But I would have fight against champion after champion after champion just to prove that you're the very best. Yeah. Well, obviously, with four belts over different organisations, it's always like, oh, well, who's best out of a lot of them? But I'd have it like that, fight after fight after fight. Yeah. Just to prove I'm the best and then... After that, maybe I'll move up myself. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, of course. It, it seems at the moment the only likely fight would be a potential unification with Shakir Stevenson if he yeah. was to win the WBO. Hopefully if Frampton jumps into that, maybe Frampton wins it. Yeah. That rematch becomes massive. Yeah. But I feel like you're ready now. That yeah. that's gotta sort itself out first. Yeah, yeah. It's timing, isn't it? It's you know, it's timing. Strike while iron's hot and um, momentum as well. You know, the last eighteen months. You know, three big wins, or like maybe last performance at, uh, against Gallard won't want a fantastic spectacle. But you've got to strike while irons up, like I say, and carrying that momentum into the fight, carry that confidence when it's when it's sky high. It's it's a force in itself that it's like yeah. an it's like an extra attribute uh, in, your, in your game. So well, it's um, like football, isn't it? You, yeah. know, you, you have that momentum going so, into the playoffs or whatever. Got, yeah, you, know, yeah, you yeah. want to keep it going. You've got a striker who's, who's, who's on form and he's scoring yeah. every time he, he steps onto the pitch. I like myself going to fights. I'm just flying and this, I'm, I feel like I'm at my, my peak now. And, uh, you know, you don't want to look back and feel maybe I, I took that fight a little bit too late or maybe or if the fight never happens, then I'll, I'll, I'll be forever gutted going to my grave knowing or wondering what could have been. Yeah. You know, in 2019 and yeah. 2020, yeah. I'd beat him. I'd have beat yeah. him. I'd have yeah. beat him. Yeah. And they're the guys who I, I could have been a unified champion, you know what I mean? I'd just yeah. like, all right, you have your defences and stuff. We're all very nice and good, but to turn around and say, well, I'm a unified champion. We've had a fair few world champions over the years, um, over, the, over the year in the Great Britain, but unified champions, no one can ever deny you then, can they? No, exactly. no one can ever. I mean, I thought that before before the Selby fight. I remember driving down to Ellen Road and I was with my pal and we had a film crew with us that were filming uh, Fighting for a City and there's one bit of scene and, I, and I, I'm looking out window and I'm, there's 20,000 people turning up to Ellen Road and it's a lovely sunny day but they're wearing t-shirts with my face and my name and I'm like, wow. You know, no one can ever deny what I've done. We've created this. It's become an event for the city. And then after I'd won the world title, I still wasn't satisfied. And I feel like 
get to unification and being a unified champion, then I would be a little bit satisfied. You know what you I mean? Hope. Would be, yeah. You yeah. hope. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll be like, wait, yeah. I'm moving on. Take a little bit. Let's be super fed yeah. now as yeah. well. Go to lightweight and fight Lomachenko. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Cash in. <laughs> um, what do you think of Shakir Stevenson? Because he is making noise <laughs> and it, you know, it looks like inevitably at some stage, probably in 2020, that fight may well happen. Mm. Now, I've, I've seen him twice last time he boxed. Thought he looked impressive. Mm. I sat ringside and watched him in New York, and he was fucking absolutely bored the socks off me on the yeah. Amir Khan undercard. He was, he was kind of faultless, but my god, he'd have put a glass eye to sleep that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. I've watched himself, and he's uh, a talent. He's a, he's a talent. Um, he's got the gob to go with it as well. You know, he's, he, he talks well, doesn't he? But um, I just think a lot of the fighters he's had has made him look good. Yeah. You know, giving him that time. Don't get me wrong, you've got some tough boys in there. I could probably dig and could probably stand toe to toe, but the way they were pushing forward, walking straight onto his shots and making him look a lot better than he actually is. Don't get me wrong, he's, he's been faultless. You know, that's no fault of his own. Um, and his performances have been pretty decent. He's done what he's had to do to win. Yeah. But I think if I were to fight him, I'd give him 12 rounds of L. 12 rounds of L. I'd, just, I'd be pushing forward. And there's ways of approaching someone like that. There's a ways of like going in, into your attacks instead of just going in straight lines, like a lot of, the, of his opponents have done yeah. so far. So um, yeah, he's, he's a good fighter, but um, until he beats an able like at the very top level, you never know. He's got oh, nothing and for he's, you. Yeah. And until when he's been dragged into that, yeah, yeah. In, into that pit, and I've, I've, I'm certainly feel that I'd be able to do that to him. Yeah, the only, the only other guy who's got a belt at the moment is the Chinese kid. Can zoom. He's got the WBA regular, regular world yeah, title. Yeah, that not yeah. incest you. I guess no, if the WBA super world champions out there, what's the point again? Yeah, there? exactly. We don't play around with them. We don't play around with them. You know, it's <coughs> it's it's obviously good f to have these belts to keep the sport interesting and to, for the crowd's perspective, they're fighting for a title. But you don't want to be messing about with the regular. It's regular might well, it might as well be an intercontinental or yeah. an international. You know, you're gonna go for world title, and you want top of the tree yeah, and that's why I kept on talking about wanting the fact with Leo Santa Cruz so bad because in the Ring Magazine rankings I've said this like many many times now I'm getting bored of saying it but I'm ranked number two and he's ranked number one Yeah, you know beat number oh, one and then like simple. you're you know in the Ring Magazine which covers all the all the belts and all the organisations you're the main man you get a Ring Magazine belt as well and uh, you undeniably the best in the division um, on paper so that's what I'd want to do rather than going for the like it's like a smaller version world title you might, you might as well fight fucking IBO aren't they yeah of course you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? absolutely so. um, <clears throat> let's come away from your weight division for a second loads of big news this week certainly involving British boxers mm. um, one guy is doing He's doing what you did, but in reverse. Yes. Billy Joe Saunders, who's, le who's left Frank Warren, who's gone to Matchroom, reports of a £30 million deal. Um, Frank built him to be a two-weight mm. world champion. Yeah. Were you surprised when the, first, when the news first broke? Um, yeah, initially. And then having thought about it, no. Um, they left amicably. Um, no bad word from either camp said. You know, Bill putting out a lot of respect about what Frank had done for him and, and Frank saying that he, you know, aside from boxing, he really likes him as a as a person as well. So they've left on good terms. Yeah, Frank has um done a fantastic job for him. You know, built him up. Well I've got him some good paydays, obviously got him 
couple of world title shots, some good defences as well. Um, but I think Billy realises that a lot of the other fighters, like we were speaking earlier, and yeah. in on different organisations, and there's always that cross-promotion, what's difficult to make, and obviously the fight, what didn't happen for him against um, Andrade, he had to go under with a different banner, so he, he, he might have thought that to make the fights definitely happen, that's what I've got to do. Yeah. And he's not getting any younger. No. Um, and it's, like we said earlier, and I'm talking about myself as well, inactivity is not good. You want to be, you want to strike while iron's hot and he'll feel like after the fight with David Lemieux, that he'd, he'd, he'd have wanted to walk into a, a unification fight or against another one of the world champions and it's, uh, it's not quite happened and I think the, the easiest way to make that happen is with a uh, different promoter. Yeah. As you say, he had to move up to super middleweight, win a belt in the second weight division, basically just to stay active because yeah. all the middleweights are tied to the zone yeah. now. Yeah. Obviously, the big fights out there are your Canelos, your Triple Gs, that kind of thing. But obviously, domestically, with him moving over to Matchroom is a massive potential fight with Callum Smith up at mm. 12 stone. That's a that's a stadium fight, isn't it? Surely, yeah, it is. Because Cal- as you said before, Callum Smith's the number one. He's the Ring Magazine belt champion. Yeah, yeah. And everyone loves the domestic fight. Everyone loves a domestic fight. And <coughs> don't get me wrong, Billy's a, a high-profile um, name in the sport. But I don't think he's as high-profile as he should be. You know, compared to, um, you know, like a Callum Smith. And I think yeah. that'll take him to a next level. Really, and truthfully, he's, he's been a, a world champion for a fair few years now. And he should be an household name. And I've... He'll have got in people's mouths by some of the stuff he's done away from boxing, some of the videos he's done, whether they've been funny or not, or good or bad. You know, that's always always really built up his popularity. Yeah. But a fight like Callum Smith takes him to that next level. It takes him to, like I say, the household name. Everyone knows who he is in. Because um, you can imagine the kind of build-up that, that fight would have. And, uh, yeah, well, that would be absolutely massive for his career. Yeah. Do you like that fight? Yeah, 100%. Um, It's a tricky one because, like, Callum is a a brilliant fighter and he knows how to work people out. And I think he's very deceiving as well. Yeah. You know, he's he's so big foot weight, so big foot weight. And it'd be a case of would Bill be able to get, would would he be able to get close enough? Yeah. Because he's he's got them long arms as Callum. So I, uh, I think people think that with Callum Smith as well. It's like, can he get inside? I think one thing with Callum Smith that's totally undervalued is he fights brilliant on he the He loves inside. inside, yeah, I know, most definitely, yeah. I mean, a big guy. You watch him when he drops in body shots in. It's someone that's tall with them, long arms. I mean, the advantage here, he can keep people at bay if he wants to. But if they do get inside, he brings them body shots under. Yeah. Like, like a, a Ricky Hatton. You know, how he brings his body weight over and, and use them long arms to create that leverage and just drive him up. Fantastic to watch him inside and the uppercuts and stuff. It's it's crazy to think or see the eye advantage, you know, what, what he's got over the fighters and how, how we can fight inside of it. It's uh, And that's why I think it would be a, a difficult fight for, for Bill. Yeah. It's a strange one, Callum Smith, because he's very similar to yourself in that. You know, he's a cha- he's world champion. He's, he's actually got the ring belt as well. Yeah. And yet, you couldn't pick out a decent opponent for him. You could, but they're all at middleweight. Yeah. Will he fight Canelo? Will, yeah. Could it be Triple G? Could it be you know him moving up to light heavy and taking on Kovalev? All these kind of questions. But there's no one at super middleweight to define his legacy. Mm. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah. you've beat George Groves. 
there's no other big household names yeah, left. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange position it's, that Cam Smith's in. I think he might need Billy Joe more than he maybe believes, maybe, maybe knows. May, maybe so, maybe so. Um, maybe to create opportunities and as daft as it sounds, <clears throat> those who probably thought about should really take the risk. They might take the risk more if he's a bigger profile. Do you know, does that make sense? Like if yeah, yeah. it beats Billy Joe, well, he'll be certainly more known over the year. Um, but then it sends shockwaves around the world. And then fighters think, well, you know what? It's a massive profile. And if I do beat him, yeah. then I've beaten a massive name. Whereas at this moment in time, he's a good, he's a big profile, but I think that'd be bigger. And it's, at this moment in time, it's like, do we fight Callum Smith? And it, is it risk versus reward kind of thing? So, yeah, uh, yeah I think... You might be right what you're saying there. I think a Ring Magazine champion as well, like he is. Callum Smith should be more famous, and I think they've fell victim to the fact that the World Boxing Super Series ended up in fucking Jeddah. Yeah. So yeah. no one here got to watch it, bums on seats. It was only on, you know, Sky or whatever it was on, whatever channel it was, it was on TV, but you, know, you didn't have that, like, local press building it up, national press, yeah. radio, TV, because yeah. it was fucking miles yeah. away. Yeah. And now we've got a similar situation with, the AJ Ruiz rematch yeah. going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Like, when you heard that news, were you a bit like, what the fuck? Going to Saudi Arabia? First thing I thought, Pound Note, Pound Note speaks. Pound Note speaks heavy. And, uh, I mean, obviously AJ's come out saying that, um, you know, wanted a neutral territory. Fucking hell, mate. I'm sure that you could have got a different uh, neutral yeah. territory venue. You know, it just, it doesn't seem right. Obviously, the, when there's a quid to be earned, and I'm sure that, you know, they'll want to, pay as much money as possible towards that show and uh, ultimately that's what it comes down to um, I can understand him not wanting to go to the States um, so obviously when he first went over there it's not any too, too well for him no um, and obviously fucking Andy Ruiz has become a he's like a Rocky isn't he over there he's, he's <laughs> no, a, yeah he's a, in his white Rolls Royce <laughs> yeah <laughs> and his massive gaff as well yeah, what a guy though what a guy I, listen watch some videos of him on, on, on social media and he can't be pl anything but place foot guy absolutely you know he's, he's, he's been given an opportunity there and he's taking it with both fans and uh, what a massive shock no one expected that but um, fair play to him yeah fair play to and him they, but it wasn't a lucky punch no. It wasn't Hazim no, Rahman no, chilling no, Lennox Lewis no, no. or, you know, who, who took his eye off the ball. No. This was AJ's coming out party in America to set up a massive negotiation with Wilder, with Fiori, stateside. This is what I don't understand about going to Saudi Arabia. So the time difference is even worse for America. Right. Now. So... What's, the, about what's the, the difference? Well, they're, they're two hours ahead. Right, okay. So they're talking about the fight being, oh, but it'll be prime time in the UK. It'll be half nine. That's when the ring walk will be. Yeah, so it'll yeah. be great. Okay, fine. But that still means that it'll be, you know, first thing in the morning on the East Coast. It'll be middle of the night on the West Coast, whatever it is. Yeah. The timing for America is terrible. The whole point of going to New York to fight Ruiz was to announce him to America. Yeah. But now the rematch is going as far away from America and American TV mm. time zone as you could yeah. possibly do it. So yeah. I, I just don't get what the benefit is. Maybe what you're saying there, um, far, as far away from the American press and everything else, because... I started picking it apart the last fight. Initially, fucking hell, what a massive shock. You know, but then again, when you start breaking it down, don't get me wrong, we've just said there, Andy Ruiz, he'd come to fight. Yep. And like, like a few of AJ's former opponents, after they'd been tagged or being put on the backside, they fucking crumbled. Yep. He got up and battled Bit back. Down on his gum oh, shield. Oh, he battled back. He, 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 like, he fought fire with fire. Mm -hmm. 
But when you start looking at AJ's life, his career, man, fucking hell, mate. I seen a picture of him after on Instagram, stood in a change room with 50 guys around him. And I said, I've said this a few times, some small businesses don't have that many staff working for them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's no longer just a professional athlete. Yeah. He's a brand. He's worked wonders for this country because he's got women into boxing. He's got kids into boxing. Kids wanting to be like AJ when they're older, realising where he's come from and what he's achieved. And having a, an heavyweight champion at World, who's, you know, is a good-looking fella, speaks well, good for charities and everything else. It's fantastic. But also, you're at the very, very elite of sport here. Heavyweight champion of the world obviously brings its own pressures. And if you're taking in the half of the ball, like only giving fucking training 90% because you've got interviews and interviews and interviews and not getting as much kip as you need to because you need to be up for that radio station day after. That's where it takes the percentages away. Yeah. And Andy Ruiz really won't have had that kind of build up. No. He's just been training, training, training. And uh, he actually come out come out of a fight, didn't he, against another big guy. And then got the call a week later. Yeah. So he basically just had a week off. That's and then it. Boom. Straight back a into nice it. Nice little show, five-week camp. Straight back into it. Yeah. And, and it's back on it. But that's the thing. If maybe with the fight being in Saudi, then AJ don't have as much of that to do. Yeah. You know, it, what? yeah, he'll have, he'll have still some media obligations to be doing, but not as big as if we were back over in the States. And all that pressure and eyes and going to a wins and it's fucking, it's packed out. Going to press conferences, it's packed out. Yeah, but if he, if he chins who is in fucking Saudi Arabia. It won't even measure on the Richter scale in America anyway. No, but I think... He won't get the column inches he would have got had it been back yeah. in America. But then again, it'll go around the world enough on social media and on, on, on like online and stuff like that. And he'll have his belts back. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of left that ghost behind. Listen, I reckon that AJ really and truthfully would like to have it behind closed doors in a fucking <laughs> sports hall just to get that ghost away. You know, no pressure on it there. I mean... Ruiz just have a set two and try have the fight out that. Listen, it it puts massive pressure on him. Like if he has a massive fight in 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 the, in the states, Madison Square Garden again because the world's watching. Yeah, yeah. He loses again. Where does he go from there? Absolutely. You know what I mean? And yeah, we know we were talking about David Price earlier. He can come back, but he's certainly not going to be selling out Wembley again. Nope. Certainly not be selling Cardiff again. And it kind of like that's it. Eye bubbles burst then. You know, yeah. he's, and people are quick to criticise and it, it'll be quite a journey back up to, to where he wants to be. A lot of people who know boxing as well, like Teddy Atlas, Lennox Lewis, are saying this is a fucking massive mistake. Do not go back in with Ruiz because we never seen anything in the first fight to suggest. And AJ's team are saying everything was fine. It was just Ruiz's night. They Surely they know something behind the scenes that went wrong that they can yeah. fix Otherwise, you wouldn't jump straight back in with Ruiz. I, I, people saying, "Oh, but if he doesn't go in with Ruiz now, forget it." I don't believe that. Mm. I believe he could go away and have two warm-up yeah. fights, fight, fighter, you know, Tony Schwartz or whoever, you know, Tyson beat recently, or yeah. maybe even come back and, and take on a Derek Chisora or something like that. He's still Anthony Joshua. He's yeah. still okay. He's rebuilt. He's had two wins. He still holds the cards in that. None of these other guys sell out eighty thousand at Wembley. No, no, He's no. still that guy. Yeah. I think it's a mistake to go straight back in with Ruiz, regardless of where it is, because on the night, Ruiz was better. That's it. He was. He was just the better man, the better he fighter. He was. But then it's that, do you like, try, keep that momentum um, high with like the publicity? You know, that word, like I say, is breaking out fighting in America. 
if he goes missing for a year or two or a year and a half, whatever, having steady fights to come back in a in a year, there's a rematch with Andy Ruiz. Is it still as exciting as going back into it straight away? Mm-hmm. It's a, I think it's a bigger Rocky story if he comes back into it straight away. And of course. It, it builds his profile even more to get beat by the... By the by them, um, you know, a shock defeat against Ruiz, but then comes back. That's a you know champion's mentality, and but the Yanks love stuff like that. So absolutely, that that is one thing. But I I didn't know it's a there. risk. It is a risk. It's, it's a, a massive risk. risk. And some things, some questions will have been asked about. Certainly need to be asked about his um, about his camp and whatnot because it looks big, like it packs on a lot of muscle. And yeah, it wasn't meant to be fighting um, Ruiz originally, but like. When he was going back to the corner, he was saying to Rob McCracken, what I was just going to say, now? I was just going to say, what's, what's he going to do you're next? You're a champion of the world and you've been, already been in big fights. And Have you ever felt like that in a fight? Never. You've had to ask your dad, what's he going to do next? I've got no idea. No, never. Don't get me wrong. If my dad's given me some game plans and he's talked about giving off a certain move, I might just double check with him about which side he wants me to go to or should I try something else? But never asking, what do I do? Yeah, clueless. Look, he had plenty of time to recover. You see plenty of uh, videos of him in training, um, you know, graphs in gym and whatnot. But he was gassing hard yeah. when he got up. You know, he survived that round. The next round, it was a bit of a slower pace. He was still blowing really, really hard. Like, like he'd been toe-to-toe from round one and it was going into round 11, 12. Blowing like he couldn't even stand up. And it, it, it weird that it's like someone who should be so fit. All right, it's been put on his backside, but you've got you had rest of the round to recover. Then you minute on stool, and then the round started off steady. Normally, you should be yeah back to a bit of fitness, but from then on, it just all the way through the, the rounds until it stopped. Got stopped. It was still gassing bad. Usually, because listen. At that level, of course he's fit. You know, of course we're all world champions are fit. You know, nobody necessarily underprepares. So you put it down to potentially nervous energy. Is he burning up a lot of nervous energy? That's why he's flagging. But this is a guy that is headlined in his home country in front of 90,000 yeah. for Klitschko. You know, huge, huge fights. He's been there at the very top. I'm not. I don't care whether it's fucking Madison Square Garden or not. I'm not having it. He panicked against a, a replacement no. opponent so much that he burnt up all that. No, I'm just I, not having that. I'm no not, way. I'm not, I'm not having it either because you know, I like to read. A, no, I'm not really into it, but I like to watch people's body language. Yeah. You know when they're doing little things like the ring walk, if the cameras pan backstage and and you get to see them in the change rooms just before they leave, because I've said many a time, fights are won and lost on the way to the ring. You know, you you have those who say the the red hot in the in the gym and the red hot in the sparring, and then you hear stories of you know fighters who didn't perform at night, but he's had a fucking wonderful training camp and he's been sparring, <laughs> you know, every man and his dog and he looks red hot and he's dropping people on on um, dropping people in sparring and whatnot. But then when it comes to the actual night, they can't do it. And I've said it there's many times. People are fucking all right in change rooms, all right when they get to the venue, but on that walk to the ring, you yeah. know, that mentality, can you keep your nerves and stuff like that? And he's always kept a cool age. I mean, walking to the ring, big smile on his face, got Wembley, yep. fist bumping people in crowd. And like, I mean, I, I, I can't do that. I've, you know, I've, in my last fight, I probably, you know, one of the most relaxed I've walked uh, to the ring because I thought it would have been last time over at the, the first direct arena. And I, and I soaked it all in and I enjoyed the ring walk, but. 
I certainly couldn't start taking my eyes away and like looking at fucking he's he's done that, <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah, hey mate, how are you doing? All right, Pal Tony, how are you? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I couldn't do that, but he's he's done that and to to, to have that kind of in Madison Square Garden. No, he didn't, he didn't. And uh, I wonder if it's Someone's gone wrong in his training camp. I think someone's gone wrong in his training camp. I think it's got camp. to be. Otherwise, yeah. you wouldn't. For me personally, I just don't see the benefits of going straight back in. Um, if if they don't know what the problem was, right? It was X, Y, Z. We'll fix yeah. X, Y, Z. It'll be different the second time around. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the only way this fight's happening again. Um, I want to ask you as well about your stable mate. Fuck me. He's got a fight on his hands. Anthony Yard. Yeah. Deepest, darkest Russia. Yeah. yeah. Take on Kovlev. Reports this week as well saying that. Team Canelo offered him a million quid step aside money and Yard knocked it back. Right. Because um, he wants this opportunity. Yeah, he yeah. wants this fight. Talk about Rocky movies. Fucking yeah. hell. Oh, I mean, this is this is Rocky Four all over, isn't yeah, it? Man. Straight into straight into the backyard. And you know what? I have said that he's in for an hard fight just because of like um he's not a massive amateur experience in Yard. And really he's not had them big, big fights, you know, like a not had any serious tests, really. Um, only like domestically, and even them, I'm being massive. Yeah, he's taking a hell of a step here. Listen, I hope he goes and and does it and fucking proves me wrong. You know, um, shuts me off. But it's a it's a hell of an ask going into someone else's backyard and a, a pedigree like Kovalev. Oh, yeah, he might have seen better days, but it won't lose that dig. It won't lose that dig. So um, it'd be interesting to see. How it goes on, but uh, yeah, I hope he can fucking go do it. Yeah, but it's a big ask. You've got to, you've got to absolutely give him so much credit, and you know what? And in some way, fucking Frank as well, because you know when this first got mentioned, everyone was going, "Yeah, okay," as if yeah. Yard's gonna go to Russia and fight yeah. Kovalev. No chance. And they they played the random at Yekwon, and Kovalev tried to at one point they were, oh, we're actually we're talking to Canelo now, so we might put the fight off, and then. You know, good enough Kovalev's obviously come back to the table yeah, and gone, yeah. yeah, fine, let's do it. But, mate, re- regardless of how he gets on in Russia, he deserves every respect 100%, listen, and not only that, he's going to get paid well, he's going to boost his reputation because people say, he's got bollocks. Yeah, yeah. He don't mind fucking taking the big fights. Um, he shocks the world and wins. Well, all of a sudden, He's gone into the, the, the you know the main man's backyard. He's number one light heavyweight on the planet. Boom. Instantly, instantly, he's backed his talk, and uh, you know he's he's good looking character anyway. And you're like fucking hell, all of a sudden, overnight, he becomes a massive, massive star, and it, he's only looking at big fights and big paydays from then on. Yeah, you know, so he's, he's kind of it will have fast tracked himself. But if he can do it, then fucking hell, fair play to him. It's a weird setup as well because you know. Tunde has us believe that they do those tippy-tappy pads all the time, yeah. you know, the speed pads and the, whatever you may think of them. And then he doesn't spar. You know, he insists he doesn't spar probably. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't really have tear-ups. They do a little bit of tech spar and that's it. It's all yeah. about the pad work. And you're like, you can't just reinvent boxing like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the behind closed doors, away from camera. I mean, you see now that his, his trainer there um, talks to cameras and whatnot and the things that he says and... Uh, Things he puts on social media to rile people up. Yeah. He gets people talking, so he's clever in that respect. Absolutely. I, listen, I've, I've, Takes the pressure off Yard yeah, as well. Because people does. aren't looking for the sound bites yeah, off Yard. Yeah. They get the sound bites off yeah, Tunde. Yeah. It's like Dom Ingle did last and last yeah. fight wired with Galad. You know, he, he talked to a lot of bollocks and he had a lot of people got wound up by him, but in a way it was kind of clever because it took the heat off of, 
off a gallard. Yeah. Same in the press conferences that. But yeah, behind closed doors, I, I believe that um, Yardin they'll be yeah, working I, on. Yeah, I think Sunday's absolutely. Yeah, I think Sunday's come out and said he bases his whole boxing like uh, mindset and the way he trains fighters on what the Mayweathers do, and they were the same. Whenever you're seeing Floyd in camp, he was either running at six o'clock in the morning mm. or he was doing tippy tappy pads. Yeah. You never seen him sparring. Yeah. You oh. never seen him doing the old dog rounds, which he yeah, has all yeah, the other yeah, kids yeah, do. You yeah, never yeah. seen Floyd yeah. doing that. Yeah. Now, no doubt he does do that, did do that, yeah. but you didn't see any of that. You no, just let to believe, wow. You just see him tapping bags for 40 minutes. Yeah. But then again, since that, and there's like towards the back end of his, his career, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd heard that like, it's it's sparring were were pretty much brutal and it do the it do like the forty forty five minutes straight through um spin sparring hard so yeah I think a lot of them do put a show on for for cameras yeah absolutely keeping entertainment and try to like you say reinvent the training methods and stuff but don't get to that level and into that condition without doing the, the hard graft maybe it might not be having to uh, toe spars and stuff like that but it's clever don't need to absolutely. So, Listen, before we sign off, I want to ask you, not directly about something that's still fucking unfortunately dragging on in British boxing right now, and that's this situation with Dillian White and the yeah. potentially failed drug test and the board and the UKAD and all that. Listen, the whole thing's a mess, and hopefully it will come out with, its, with the, in the dirty wash eventually. I don't want to ask you about that case specifically, but can I ask you about your drug testing? Do you get drug tested regularly? Yes. Have you always been drug tested? Is it more since you became world champion? Um... So I, I don't remember really being drug tested until I was Commonwealth champion. So, so literally the Selby fight was probably the first time. No, 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 until until the Commonwealth champion. So okay, right. so yeah. so I won English title back in two thousand and twelve um, against Chris Mayle, an unbeaten fighter as well at the time. Um, defended it twice after that. And then I got a shot at the Commonwealth against Sevilla Menemne over in Hull. Um, step up from the English and first major title. And that's when I had my first test. And then from in then In the run-up or on the night? Or? Oh, after, on the night, not in the run-up. Right. On the night. Just after the fight? Or just after the fight, fight right. just after the fight. Um, blood and urine. And after that, I boxed Rendell again after the fight. Martin Lindsay, I think I did one prior and then one after. And then after that, it started stepping up a little bit more. The WBC um, International had won that, and they seem to do a lot of work with Varda. Yeah. It seems that... So WBC's clean boxing program. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. put some money into it. They so you were tested by Varda at that Yeah, I, I actually had one of the main um, gaffers come over to my house. A little uh, two-bed two bed teddies. <laughs> I think she must have thought that I lived in a big mansion, but at the, at the time, a two-bed teddies. This before all this, obviously. Yeah, this, obviously, all this yeah, 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 this is it, this is it. <laughs> that was Yorkshire tea bags. Yeah, exactly, before mug. we had a butler and whatnot now, you know what I mean? But um, but yeah, um, you know, they they came over. I got tested by Varda and UCAD um, leading up to it. And the last fight that I had with, uh, with Galad, I got tested four times, three prior, and then one after. Good. And then one a week after. Wow. Um, okay, that's So like five all, yeah, five altogether. Um, whereas Frampton, I got tested once before the fight, then after the fight, and that was it. Um, maybe a few more after um, before and after Selby. But certainly hearing, you know, how much it cost and whatnot, some somewhat more could be done yeah and 
certainly brought into a to an earlier level as well. I mean, I was only talking about this in gym over day. Sometimes you've got lads, prospects, who maybe didn't do too well in amateurs, not massive ticket sellers, and they have to come up the hard way, the long route, climb up the ladder from the very, very bottom. And that, and sometimes that might mean two lads going at it at central area level. Yep. You know, English title level. There's still lives on the line there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all right, test. Drug shooting in this sport's bad. Um, track and field, football. Cycling. But, Pff, cycling. It is what it is. But in the day... Boxing, you're in there to hurt each other. Exactly. Life's online, and this and that. What had happened with Dilbert on the same way with two fighters had died as well, made it look even worse. Yeah. Um, and there's something's got to be done. Something's got to be done. Harsher penalties, and they need a structure where everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet. I mean, yeah. we've just got the thing here with Vada and Newcad. You know, A and B samples with with. Um, with the UAK AD and then you've got Varda who pass him and then allow it it should be all under one organisation for me yeah. you know why, just let fucking Varda take all over a lot of it or let Varda take all over a lot of it I mean so many different organisations and they have a list and some it's okay on that list but it's banned on that list fighters don't know where they are no. you know if you've got one list there right that's what you're not allowed to take if you take it then fucking that's it one striking you out. We can't afford to be having, oh, well, they didn't know about it. So, yeah. right, it's a fighter's responsibility to know what they're taking and what they're eating. You know what I mean? It's in a day. It's about being professional. Lives are on the line, exactly. exactly. Lives are on the line. And, and also, I, I feel that if there's a scenario when, you know, they've, they've got a fighter's got a nutritionist or a tra even a trainer, then I think that investigations have to start on the whole team. Yeah. Because... You know, a fighter is ultimately the one who takes a blame. But if there's somebody there, who, who they're, they're employing, don't forget, you, you employ your training, you employ your training team. If they're saying, well, this is what fucking you'll be all right taking this. And they're just fucking going along with it. Putting the trust in the trainer, well, fucking, something has to be done with them yeah. as well. Because they need like to be prosecuted. 100%, yeah. 100%. And, and whether it be, you know, they lose the license or take a fine or take a massive ban, something's got to be done. Um, and you know what? I'd be happily, I'd be happy to put more of my fucking whatever. You know, so the ball takes like a tax when you have your one percent or something, something like, like that. that. And then the, the the governing bodies, the IBF, takes take a bit of a tax as well um, for fucking having the having the world title fights. They can take a little bit more if they want to just to fucking put into exactly. into, into drug testing. Because Listen, it's, I'm not talking about taking one percent off the top line of a Steve Wood show at Oldham Leisure Centre, but when AJ's fighting. And there's going to be over hundred million pound generated yeah. out in Abu Dhabi. Surely taking one percent of that yeah. probably pays for the yeah. whole testing yeah. for the yeah. whole year. Yeah. For for yeah. every UK fighter to at least be tested once. And if yeah. in a title fight, like I don't understand why it's not mandatory when you go for your annual medical, like all boxers do. They should just test because that blood gets tested anyway. Yeah. For for other things. Yeah. Test it for PEDs. Yeah. Like yeah. it should be done as much as possible. Normally, your medical. I mean, oh, 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 since I mean, ten years with pro, I've been now. And I've paid out, you know, off between six fifty to fifteen hundred quid for a medical. Yeah, and I'll stick another couple hundred quid. All right, it's maybe hard for fucking fighters at the very, very like bottom to to pay that amount of money. But you know, a lot of fighters these day and age have, have fucking sponsors from the very start. Yeah, um, stick it on there, like you say, stick it on there because a lot of fighters could be taking 
stuff in the early career when fucking you know they're, they're having like same day weighing fights and stuff they could be ticking up there and the effects will still last absolutely later on into into, into career if they've been using it to to build up to a certain size or to get a certain strength and they keep ticking over after the fights it's still the effects are going to still be there yeah. the benefits are still going to be there from the from the bed so and all the way to the top level and they just stop taking it then they've got away with it on there they've got away with it and they'll be seen as oh they're clean yeah. but um, it's disgraceful like say fucking fighters are dying and like that Jaron Miller case fucking hell they're taking everything under the sun and they give well, him six was, months he was even taking EPO now, EPO if you don't know you've got to inject EPO you've yeah. got to willingly stick a needle in your arse and inject it Yeah. for me that's permanent that, yeah. there's no mistake there there's no tainted supplements you did that you knowingly did it or someone jabbed you gone Never yeah, ever 100%. to see the sport again. Hundred percent. But because he wasn't registered with the New York State Athletic Commission at the time yeah. as a registered fighter, basically his medical was out of date. You know yourself for the last twelve months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just out of date, and he hadn't re he hadn't reissued his license. Yeah. So it was a loophole, and because of that, gets away with it. He gets he gets away with it. But that should be like all around the world, you fucking failed, and that's what I'm saying. If you have one governing drug body, then that's it. You failed. Yeah. You failed on that, and any. Any, especially over in states where we've all got the different fucking um, like uh, you've got like the VAD uh, commissions. Yeah, or do <coughs> each uh, each state has yeah, their own commissions state, as yeah, well. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, if they all abide by that one, so on that list, you know, like the VAD abide by that, New York abide by that. If he's on that list there and he's banned by that one governing body, yeah, well, that's it. Should be banned no, by everyone. Don't get, don't get a license anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can't fucking sneak off to Luxembourg and get a license down there because you all follow that same route. Yeah, that's what it should be like, but. Uh, Obviously, it'll never be. I watched that film, Icarus. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that on uh, social media. Cause that blew my mind. I'm gonna fucking watched it twice, mate. I'm blown away with that. Um, if you've not seen it before, I've certainly got to check it out. It's powerful, fucking it? massive, it's fucking insane. It's massive, and it's always gonna be. We're always gonna have drug, che- uh, drug cheats, unfortunately. Um, you know, you might have one fight, uh, well, not one fight, one athlete in any sport will give his absolute everything and might not be or get to where he wants to be because of someone outside fucking cheating yeah and uh that blew my it blew my mind because the way that a state a whole fucking nation could back yeah yeah you know We're into it drug cheating i mean there's always going to be chemists out there there's always going to be people who find a way around and uh as long as the pound note talks Absolutely, yeah. Do you know, the, like anything in life, it's money, it. isn't it? Yeah. Coming back to your own testing, then, do you have a do you have a hot? Because just so fight fans can understand how it works, do you get issued by UKAD with a list, or have you got like a phone number from a representative of UKAD? So let's say in the build up to this fight, let's say you know, touch what it doesn't happen, you get the flu, mm. and you think, you know what, I need a, and you go into the doctor, and he says you need a flu inhaler just to get rid of it. Do you have someone at UKD you can ring and go, listen, I've been given this inhaler. Here's the list of ingredients. Am I okay to take mm. it? Is that how it works? I don't know. Um, or do you just need to, you know? I, I have, um, I use my common sense and I like to ask questions whenever whenever I'm tested. I like to know what's going on. But I know there's other fighters who are like that. I'll just abide by what they say. Um, obviously, been getting tested for six, seven years now. I've got to know a few of the faces on UKAD. Um, you know, f- quite familiar with some of them. I always ask que- I've always asked questions from from day one. What are you doing? Why am I having to split my pay up into two? 
why didn't it take that much of blood? Why are you taking three syringes? Just so I know yeah, for yeah. my own film thing. And they've answered saying, well, it's good that you're asking that, um, blah, blah, blah. And I have found out over the years that if you were to double check on something, then the best thing is to call, is to ring up UKAD um, and, and find out from there. Um, but they don't come to you and say, well, if you've, here's, here's a card and there's a sheet and there's an information and this is what you should do if you're, if you're not too sure. I've never had that. No. It's only because I've asked. Of course. Um, it's like last year I had, um, see, that you can be on two kind of systems. If you've been caught cheating before, you have to be on a whereabouts. So you have to constantly let them know, let them know where you are. Same with Varda, you mm-hmm. have to let them know where you are at all time. Um, if you're going away on holiday, you have to let them know that you're going on holiday. If you're going like down south or going to a different city sparring, you've got to let them know constantly because oh. they could rock up whenever you are. But I'm not on that list. Um, obviously, I've never had anything worrying on in my test or like that. But they randomly turned up at my gym and I went there and panic stations setting. I thought, fucking hell, what's going to happen here? They're going to, yeah, they're yeah, going to put course. me on a failed test and whatnot. So me, me, um strength conditioning coach, Mark, were down at the gym and he said, um, UK AD have turned up so I said right I'm, I'm going to try to get down there now and um, he went to go find the fella who would come and tested me and he says no I can't, I can't wait for him I'm going to have to leave so I, again I fucking started panicking even more thinking I, I wonder if this is going to go down as a negative so straight away I phoned um, I, sh- I phoned UK AD and, and you know got through to someone and said Josh you're not on a on a whereabouts form so it's okay it's just it won't go down as a miss or a bad strike or like that. It's just one of them things. We you just walked up it. and you went there. Yeah, fine. exactly. So, um, but otherwise, I wouldn't have known. Of course, I wouldn't have known. I've never had that kind of information. And the next time I did get tested, I did mention it. I'd mentioned it one of to one of fellas, and and how that works out. And he just said, "Well, like the fella said to you on the phone, um, it, it's not so bad if you're just on a random. But if you're on a whereabouts, then it would have been a a strike." So it's only because I've asked, but up until that, I've not had any any sheets prior or after. Yeah. The only the only thing you get is a slip to say that you filled you you filled in um, you filled in your paperwork, and that's it. There you go. There's another fundamental problem with that whole system, anyway. So, listen, Josh Warrington, IBF champion of the world. Thank you so much thank for your you. time today. No problem. October, October the twelfth, Leeds Arena. We are back. The French fella's gonna absolutely get it. Oh, he's fucking having it, mate. He's <laughs> having <laughs> it. Certainly after the last fight, I've got to come back with a performance. I've said it, you know. And um, ultimately, it's all about winning. But to be fair, I'd be fucking disappointed if, it, if this goes the full distance. I'd like to get it out early and uh, and put on performance so it puts out a message to rest it for the So if you're fucking if you're coming up to fight me, you're in for a mad night. Absolutely. And if you've never been before, mate, you've got to get to Leeds and watch Josh live. He's absolutely unreal. This is the Fight Disciples. Check us out at fightdisciples.com for our entire back catalogue. And on social media, at Fight Disciples on Twitter, Facebook, and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.